The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy and Money this evening on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen to our program, thank you so much for tuning in. And you can always be a part of our show by following both of us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at Nick of Ebray. Beautiful surroundings here in Miami Beach. The women look fantastic to eat, along with those Cuban sandwiches as well. And we have a big game to talk about tonight. And so much more. As this is Andy and Money coming to you live from Radio Row in Miami Beach in beautiful Miami, Florida. Live from Super Bowl 54 in Radio Row. It's time for another edition of Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network. With your hosts, all Andy Alfred himself, Andy Alfred, and Nick the Money Man Devera. Follow both of us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as at Nick of Ebray. So live from Radio Row in the heart of Miami Beach, it's time for Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network. to you and welcome into a special edition of Andy and Money coming to you live from the beautiful surroundings of mass amount of media members rocking the NFL hat of course right now on Radio Row for Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Hi again everybody this is Andy Elford alongside the one the only, the man who travels with one carry-on bag, I couldn't believe it myself, Mr. Nick the Money Man DeVera. Nick, good evening to you. Welcome to Miami. Hola. Miami's beautiful, isn't it? It is so beautiful. It's crystal clear. There was that small marine layer that we had earlier in the day, but of course, forget about that. We're not here to talk about the weather. The food was fantastic. The seafood's pretty good, as well as the Cuban sandwiches. You can't go wrong with that. But it is truly a pleasure to be here with you guys tonight, live from Radio Row. As you can hear in the background, we're in Radio Row. There's a lot of shows that are going on at the same time as what we're doing here. We got our credentials late, of course, but of course we're here. And we're here and excited to cover, honestly, our first Super Bowl together doing the podcast. We've watched it in the past. We've heard about all the great things about Radio Row and everything like that. You know, I saw the Sirius XM people over there 
uh, with Chris Russo and all him talking, oh, baby, you know, and everything like that. Didn't see Mike Francesca, but I did see uh, I see your boy Dan Levitar hanging out with Stu Gotts. They were, they were hanging out over there earlier. I know you were just getting all the audio situation together and getting us ready for today's show. You were on it. You were helping me out yesterday, so I do really, truly appreciate it. But we got a lot to get into tonight. Of course, we're going to talk about MLB and the Hall of Fame inductions since we were last with you guys, of course. We have two new members into the Hall of Fame. We'll discuss that a little bit. We'll also dive into why we're here. Super Bowl 54, a big event that's covered by a lot of media members here. And this is something that, you know, we've been talking about in the past week about who is the better team and who will be better. We're going to preview all that. Also, we'll dive into a couple NHL news and notes to pass along as well. But first and foremost, we begin today on a somber note, of course. Like, if you haven't heard, if you've been born under a rock, unfortunately, I have to pass this along. Uh, on Sunday, around 9.45 in the morning, West Coast time, which would be about 1.45 Eastern Standard Time, a helicopter crash took place in Calabasas, California. And nine people perished on this helicopter. The big news of this is that the Hall of Famer, in my opinion, will be a Hall of Famer, and the legend of Kobe Bryant passed away at the age of 41 with his daughter Gigi with him in the helicopter. Nick, um, I know you're a, a Laker fan. You're a, you're a, your second team is the Lakers. Um, give us your thoughts a little bit on what you, when you heard the news and you heard the shocking news about this, what was your first reaction and what What's been going on in your mind over this? Uh, well, when I first saw the news, it was actually before uh, the mainstream media picked it up. I saw a few people on Twitter talking about it, and I thought they were just you know, joking around. And, like, yo, okay, Kobe Bryant just died in a plane crash. Um, but yeah, it was sad, you know. Um, Kobe Bryant, like, as you said, Lakers are like my second team after the Bulls. And, uh, you know, I remember... He went on the bang with that 60 point, 60 point score game. Uh, it's sad, you know. Kobe was probably the. A lot of people say with Kobe, LeBron, Michael, who's really the goat? The goat really is. It's Michael. But I'd say number two is definitely Kobe, and I think Brian Scalabrine's number three. But aside from that, it's 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 sad. You know, this is probably one of the best players of our generation. You remember those Kobe Shaq teams? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just dominating. And, uh, you know, Kobe's always been consistent. I remember in 2007 or so, there was a rumor that Kobe was going to get triggered to the Bulls, and I really wanted that to happen, which, of course, it didn't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just sad, surreal, and it's, it's, it caught everyone off guard, you know. If you would have told me that Kobe Bryant was going to die at 41, uh, I think I would have been like, no, there's just no way. So. Yeah, it was just a shock by me. Um, I had to double check it. First of all, that first of all, when I saw his TMZ reporting it first, I said, "Wait a minute, you know, I don't really believe this." And then I saw the New York Post posted about it, and then the Associated Press posted about it, and then I said, "Oh my God, this is for real!" 
this can't be for this 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 is something to me i'll say this michael is still the goat in my opinion but if you're talking like this generations this generations that have seen it from start to finish he is he was the goat when it comes to that because of the fact that he was consistent he never really played injured i remember one time watching a game and he tore his Achilles, and he walked to the three throw line because he was fouled, and he tore his Achilles. He said, "I'm going to take the three throw shots." And he took the three throw shots on a torn Achilles heel, and he took both shots, sunk both of them, then was pulled out of the game, and he was done for the rest of the season. But that right there showed the consistency in the heart of him playing the game that he loved, and he loved the game. Of basketball, he was one of those guys that you know lived, breathed, and talked about it all the time. And he always was a teacher to the game as well. And you know, to see him go is just, and the way it went out, it's just terrible. I, 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 I ask you this to be honest we have never witnessed anything like this in our entire lives because of a big store, a sports star that is recognizable on every platform of sports, whether it be baseball, hockey, football, because that's what everybody here at Radio Row is talking about, is the death of Kobe Bryant. But we haven't had anybody this seriously that has passed away in sports. I think I date back to 2002 when Dale Earnhardt Sr. died on the track in turn four. I, I think that was like the big moment because everybody didn't expect it to come. Right. It's not like it's not like a guy was dying of cancer or a guy was very, very sick and he was dying. This was just something that just came out of nowhere. Oh well, yeah, and a lot of people are comparing this to Jose Fernandez's death, but Fernandez really was known outside of baseball. Yeah. So I, I think you're right there. I think Roberto Clemente would be the more yeah. more, the more equal yeah. amount to Kobe's death, unfortunately, yeah. for this because it was unexpected. Or Thurman Munson at the same time yeah. too, but that was a baseball situation. There, not that many people were following. No, the Yankees back in the in the eighties when they were terrible. Right. But at the same time, it was it's it's a story that it just absolutely breaks your heart. And the fact that not only that Vanessa, his wife, lost a husband, she also lost a child yeah. in the da- in 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 her daughter. In, of Gigi, and it was just terrible to hear that because they were just going to basketball practice, and you know we we've heard it we've heard it I know you've all heard it as well too the discussion of of how Kobe likes to go and use a helicopter instead of waiting four hours in traffic he'll take a helicopter that takes an hour to get him from his house to to the Lakers facility and that's what they were using during the time frame but it was heavy heavy fog. That brought the the helicopter unfortunately down to crash, and the sad thing is, is that you know there's no black box, but there's a there's an iPad that the pilot was using at the time, and he was like a trained pilot. He's been piloting a helicopter since 1992, so he's an experienced guy. But at the same time, you know, we lose a legend on the hard court, and you know you hear you hear Shaq. You've heard Jerry West. There's been a big talk about making Kobe the new logo of the NBA. 
of the whole situation to pay homage of for him. For me, I think I like Mark Cuban's idea. If you're retiring Michael Jordan's number league-wide, why not retire at least one of Kobe's numbers yeah. league-wide? I think an 8 or a 24 to retire would be better because I think it would be... It's like in baseball. Jackie Robinson's number is retired. Um, you also have... Um, 42 is Jackie Robinson's number. And you also have a few other numbers that have been retired that, like the zero number itself is retired because of Ty Cobb and baseball and everything like that. So to have that be the honor, I think that would be the best option. Your thoughts? Um, I, I'm i not sure about doing the league-wide retirement number, but I'm definitely all for him, have him being the new logo in the NBA. Really? Yes. I think you you would want Kobe to be the new logo in the NBA instead of replacing Jerry West. Yes. Okay. I mean, I can I can I I disagree with you on that because then you have, I mean, you're changing the face of the face of the of of a, of the sports. Yeah, but Jerry West, I mean, he's still the general manager of the, of the Clippers, but yeah. he's not as prominent as he once was. That's true. You know. And I think the only reason it's not Michael Jordan right now is because him doing that jump is his shoe logo. Yeah. But I think having maybe Kobe would be would be really swell. Okay. I mean, if they don't do it, I wouldn't like throw a fit or anything. I but, wouldn't throw a fit either. But I think I think, a, I think but I think an eight would be a would be an eight or a twenty four being retired would be a respectful thing. I think in the for the league wise, just to honor the guy because he had competitiveness. For me, I'll, I'll share my Kobe story with you guys. In two thousand, in the late two, the twenty tens, after LeBron left the Cavs, I got a chance to go see the Lakers play the Cavs at Quicken Loans Arena, which is now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And there was just nothing but a bunch of fans. God bless you, by the way. <laughs> There's nothing but a bunch of fans that were all wearing the Kobe stuff and everything like that. And I got to see him play person this kid this guy had a drive with him even though he got two quick fouls and he was sitting on the bench for the first half the Cavs capitalized it and honestly of the 14 wins that year that the Cavs have that was one win that they got oh, against the Lakers. Lakers and I went with my friend Danny Facer to that and he is a big Lakers fan I you know I was talking to him Sunday night after the event after what happened and we were talking about it, and you know he he's really devastated by it, because um, he was one of his one of his idols. But you know, in the words of Shaq, we have to pick up and we have to move on. We can honor and celebrate the man, but it's not going to bring him back, unfortunately. So we have to we have to say that you know we're going to miss Kobe, we're going to miss his drive, we're going to miss. All those that were affected in this incident, because it wasn't just him and his daughter. There was other people, uh, mother, father, and a daughter were affected by this. Uh, baseball coach was affected by this as well. But the, it was been publicized because of who was on that helicopter, which was Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi. But to all those that have, were affected to all those that are affected by this and the whole Laker organization, the world of basketball and everybody that was affected by this. 
our thoughts and our prayers are with you and your families through this difficult, difficult time right here on Indian Land. You're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And um, we're going to continue with this show because Kobe's drive would tell us to keep going. We're going to continue with this podcast tonight. And we'll dive onto the diamond. Got a chance to go to Marlins Park. We'll talk about what's happening in the baseball world coming up next. So with us being here at Radio Row, of course, we wanted to step away from from the sports of football, of course, for Super Bowl 54. We got a chance to go over to Marlins Park, me and Nick did, and we did a uh, we did a segment over there talking a little baseball. Uh, they were set cleaning up and everything from the big media event that they had there on Monday night. But the diamond looks fantastic. You know, the ballpark looks nice. Check that big old ugly thing out of center field. Oh, I know. I like that thing. I liked. I liked it too. But uh, we talk about that and so much more. So this is me and Nick. We did our baseball chat from Marlins Park in Miami, Florida. So here's the audio from that as we're here on Radio Row right here on Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network. So we're here in a quieter space, of course, right here in Marlins Park, the home of the of the Miami Marlins, of course, mm-hmm. uh, sharing the kind of the same color scheme as what the Super Bowl is. They're, they're got those neon colors. The, yeah. That's what the same colors as what the Super Bowl is. Um, I can see we're we're sitting here on the, on the first base side over where the visitor dugout would be at, and we're looking out into into left field. You can see the Clevelander, of course, and the like you said, like we said before, the the thing is gone. It's gone. I I couldn't believe it's gone, but you know, didn't get to see. I don't know if they. I I didn't look down and see if the fish were in the fish tank, but I digress. We're here at an MLB stadium, which is one of the nicer ones, one of the nicer ones that we have been to in a, in a long time. They're just cleaning up the event from Monday night, uh, from the big media night between for the Chiefs and the and the Niners. But the diamond is getting back into shape because we're getting closer to baseball season. And you know, let's talk a little baseball while we're at an MLB stadium, of course. And the last time we spoke to you guys, we were getting ready for the Hall of Fame induction, uh, Hall of Fame announcement of who was going to go into Cooperstown this upcoming summer in Cooperstown. And two faces, Derek Jeter mm-hmm. and Larry Walker yep. going into the Hall in Cooperstown. Jeter, 99.7% of the votes. And his first time, 396 total votes. Gets him into the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker gets him into the Hall of Fame at, with a 76.6%. His 10th time on the ballot, he had 304 votes. Uh, Nick, uh, your thoughts on the whole situation with the with the two getting in? Well, I'm surprised Jeter got that. I, mean, I figured Jeter was going to be a first-time uh, first getter. And 
But I'm surprised that it was that high, and I don't know who that one random guy was who didn't vote for Jeter. Uh, but right now, just seeing the reaction to everybody on Twitter and online and the media, he must really be on some kind of like self, uh, you know, self high right now. It must be feeling pretty good. <laughs> um, Walker surprised me. I like the SpongeBob shirt when he got when he. It's sit, he was sitting there with his with his family at yeah. poolside, and they were they they got the phone call, and I I did see that video, and I did see that uh, Jeter was you know was just by himself with his family, you know, getting got the phone call, but I was hoping that he was going to get I thought he would have been one of like a Mariano that would have gotten the unanimous vote, but that one vote getter screws yeah, the whole situation. Self-righteous. Self-righteous person screws it all up for everybody. But you look at the rest of the ballot, 397 is the total ballot and Jeter had 396 298 votes are needed for election. Schilling had 278, which is 70% of the vote. You had Roger Clemens at 242 votes at 61%. Barry Bonds, 60.7 with 241 votes. But the big one for me is Omar Vizquel, his third year on the ballot. And he soared to six with 52.6% of the vote. Uh, over 200 votes. By him. But uh, of those guys, anything that shocked you besides, besides like, Schilling not getting in? Uh, it was nice to see Bonds keep going up. I think Bonds might get in next year now. Do you think Clements gets in, too, at the same time with him? I hope so. I hope so. Um, sad to see Paul Canerco not get yeah, back. Yeah, Paulie only had 10 votes. Oof. He was 2.5%. He is on the cut line, which means he is out. He was just on the cut line. Bobby Abreu had 22 votes, 5.5% of the votes. Slam and Sammy Sosa, 55 votes, 13.9%. Oh, that's it. How about this? Jeff Kent got 109 votes. Wow. That's 27.5%. Uh, Todd Helton, 116 votes, 29.2%. Bill Wag- Billy Wagner, 126 votes. 31.7%. Scott Rowland, 140 votes. Rowland's getting there, of course. Uh, but I'm not sure. I, I know, I know. But the guys to cut off, make the cutoff list are as follows. Josh Beckett, Sean Figgins, Jose Valverde. That That's a, that's a good one to get cut rid of. Brian Roberts, Heath Bell, Carlos Pena, Adam Dunn, Brad Penny, J.J. Putz, Raul Albanez, Cliff Lee... Which is a which was not that much of a surprise, but I mean he only got two votes. I mean, looking at the vote wise, the following players got zero: Heath Bell, Rafael Fercal, Brian Roberts, Jose Valverde, Sean Figgins, and Josh Beckett all got zero, zero votes. Canerco oh. got ten votes, but it wasn't <laughs> enough for him to get in and to make it to the next round in twenty twenty one. So. Yeah, I know. It was, I'm sorry to say that to you. Sheffield, yeah, Sheffield had 121 votes, 30.5%. But, you know, the Hall of Fame, you have Walker. And Walker, I think, will go in. You, you Would he go in as a as a Rocky, or is he going to go in as an Expo, do you think? I I believe I read he'll go in as a Rocky, but I really want him to go in as an Expo. Well, that's where he started at. I mean, but, Jeter, but, Jeter was definitely, we know that he's going to be a Yankee. 
Yeah, That's but, plain and simple. But where did Walker spend most of his career, though? Wasn't it in Colorado? I think it was in Colorado, but, um, but, but his, no ten year, his ten years on the ballot, of course, he started his career in Montreal from 89 to 94 and then was traded in 95 to Colorado and that's where he was at the rest of his playing career from 90 from 95 all the way to 2003 oh he played that long he played till actually till 2005 actually wow yeah he was in he was in Colorado till 2004 and he finished his career in 04 and 05 with the St. Louis Cardinals okay so that tells you right there. He's a Rocky, yeah. So I think he'll go in more as a Rocky than he. If it was, if it's draft wise, then yes, it will definitely be. It would be definitely an expo, but you know he'll probably go in as a Rocky than anything else. Where did uh, Pedro and uh, Dawson? Didn't Dawson go in as an expo? I think Dawson went in as an expo. Andre Dawson went and in. As Tim Raines did too. Tim Raines as well too. <laughs> um. I think Pedro went in as All as right, a as, as a Red Sox because of his dominant era yeah. during when he was with the Red Sox. The 1999 season is one of the best pitching years of all time. Yes, I I agree with you on that. Totally, totally agree with you on that. But you know, it's it it's interesting. Uh, we talked about it last a uh, couple weeks. Well, yeah, it was last week right here on on the podcast that we were looking at 2021. You have Schilling. Of course, the same, the top ten still make it in. You have Tim Hudson, Mark Burley, Tori Hunter, Barry Zito, Shane Victorino, Alex Rios, Grady Sizemore, Nick Swisher, Dan Ugla. All these guys are going to have a chance at the ballot. But, you know, that's so far away. Let's celebrate who is in yes, for this year. And that is Jeter and Walker. And it is, um, it's going to be great to see those two going into Cooperstown. And I think um, for me, Jeter definitely needs would definitely, definitely, definitely has to go in, and yeah, I'm glad that he went in on his first try and hit a home run on the first try for for Mister November himself. But <coughs> other than other than the Hall of Fame, we did have some moves that took place during the so far in the off season. We're about a week out from spring training actually fully yeah. getting underway, which is a surprising thing. We had some moves, of course, that took place. Of course, the big one. Dusty Baker signing as the manager of the Houston Astros. Nick, thoughts on that? Um, the Astros are a very progressive and modern analytical team. Did Riven. And Dusty Baker is very old school. But if you remember when Jim Crane gave his uh, his uh, press conference after he re- uh, re- let go of Luno and A.J. Hinge, he promised that this wouldn't happen again under his watch, and I feel like Dusty Baker was a good choice. Agree or disagree with the way he he runs a ship, mm-hmm. but it's someone who's been there before. This is his fifth gig as a manager. It's someone you can just plop in there on short notice. Knows what he's doing. Good stopgap. Mm-hmm. And Baker, I feel like Baker is somebody where if the Astros tried doing that again. That wouldn't fly under Dusty Baker's watch. Okay. The, so I think a lot of that too. It's you know credibility and stability and showing that well you know we're gonna have an old school guy who's not gonna put up any of that crap. Okay. So, I, I, I I agree with you on that. I think um, 
because Dusty is a, a is a proven winner when it comes to in some aspects of his managerial stage. He can he can mold the team, and he like we talked about before. The Astros right now are one of those teams that are just you have to put somebody in to plug in because you can't rehire everybody with a with a being a week out from spring training starting. Right. You can't just you just have to have somebody that's going to be in there to plug in and to work with the team and work and make the rosters and make the plays and help the, help the guys develop in the minor league system. This is a guy that that the Astros need because let's face it for the next couple of years they're going to be down because of all all the allegations and everything like that when it comes to draft draft choices as well as developmental at the same time right. too because this is going to hang over their head for a long long time but I think Dusty has the right mentality for it. I would have liked to see John Gibson get the position myself, a Texas guy himself to get into the te- into into Houston would be perfectly fine by that. Um the the Mets hired within like yeah. we discussed yeah. like we thought they were going to do that. It was a perfect move for them. They packed uh uh uh, Suarez. Suarez, Suarez is as their new as their new bench boss, and um, it would be interesting with that. Uh, for the Red Sox, the Red Sox for me, there's there's two questions, and I'll get to the managerial situation here in just a second. But first, <coughs> the news that broke today was shocking. Mookie Betts, my one of my favorite ball players, is apparently. Wanting out of Boston. Boston is talking with the Dodgers over the situation to take to trade bets to the Dodgers. But the Dodgers want David Price on with the with the deal. They want bets and price for I don't know what they want. If they want pros if they want to give the Red Sox prospects, if they want to do a, a player and prospects. I don't know what the situation is, but Mookie Betts is probably one of is 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 a great hitter, a great talent, and a great young stud for any team when it comes to that. And I think to let him to let him go because he wants out would be a shock for the Red Sox for me. I think you try to keep it, but if he wants out, let him go. Yeah, I mean, let him go. If he wants out. He's not going to resign, and he they offered him two contract extensions so far. One was like uh, I'm I'm ballparking here, but I, I believe one was like twelve four hundred, and one mm-hmm. was like ten three hundred, and he turned on both of them. So, and he's he said too he wants to explore free agent the free agency. So, mm-hmm. no one's going to give you top prospects. For Mookie Betts, as not saying that he isn't worth it because he is, but I I can't imagine any team's gonna give you all like their top three prospects for bets just for one year mm-hmm. from just the bolt. The two teams that are looking at him are the Dodgers being the front runner right now, and, and the, the San Diego and the yeah. Padres are the yeah. second team. And uh, John Heyman was quoted in this today this morning saying, "Hearing the Dodgers remain strongly in the mix for Mookie, one they have great prospects, two Unlike San Diego, they are a clear World Series contender, which we agree. Yeah. Number three, baseball president Andy Freeman works with the new Red Sox GM Bloom, ten years plus in in Tampa. Four, um, 
they also also want free agent David Price. Um, I mean, uh, Freeman also knows David Price in Tampa, and again, great prospects. I think uh, I think if it was Boston because of the whole situation with Alex Cora at the same time too. Yeah. I would think that you know they would want to take what they can get and get prospects since they're not going to probably be able to get because we don't know yet what the ruling is going to be with Cora. Oh, and his, yeah. Because if if Cora since Cora is released and we don't know the extent of what if the Red Sox did the same thing, I take whatever I can get for for a prospect wise because, because you, you gotta might, you gotta build because you might lose your draft you, you lose your draft picks you might as well get what <coughs> you can get from somebody else at the same time too your, your thoughts on that yeah I remember I'm not sure it was Heyman or some other writer talked about too the Dodgers have a slew of outfielders they can, you know they have uh, Peterson they have uh, Seager they have uh, I don't think they want to trade Seager though no I don't want to trade but they Seager. have uh, Pollock so those got two of those guys or one of those three plus cash and pro or plus prospects may go to the Dodgers about with price bets and some money. All right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. And and for me, I think Boston with their managerial situation that they've got going on there. It's for me, it's just a mess yeah. because you know you want you you get this guy. And it's another situation where it's like Houston, where you have to plug him in and play and see what happens. I mean, it it really is what it is. And for me, it's going to be interesting. It will be. And they, they dropped a few hints. They dropped a few hints on what they want, but, you know, we're, we're so far away. We're not that far away from spring yeah. training starting, and you don't have who you want yeah. at the helm. Come on, you know if I was a Red Sox fan right now, I'd be asking the questions: What is going on? What's going on with the team? Up? What's the holdup? Why are we not hearing more about Cora, the Cora situation, and why aren't we taking care of the situation before we hit into spring training? That's what it is. Um, Nick Castellanos. Going to the Reds from from the north side to the Ohio River. My thoughts on this really quickly. He is not going to work in the, with the Reds. Interesting. I do not see him with this Reds team. Why? I really don't. Seeing him with the Tigers... Okay, seeing him develop with the Tigers organization, he is with, he is one of those things, one of those players that is. I I I know you don't know the guy that well, but Mike Hessman, he is a bona fide. He can hit the cover off the ball, can get a timely hit, but three out of the four chances that he's at the plate, he's going to strike out, and that's what Nick Castellanos reminds me of. Reminds me so much about. You know, and he is, when he was with the Cubs, watching a few of the games that he was there, he kind of was lost out in the outfield a little bit. Like, he wasn't together. Now, he might be a different player than he was with the Tigers. He might be a different player than he was with the Cubs. Remember, he was brought over in a trade trade at the trade deadline 
from the from the uh from the from the uh from the Tigers to the Cubs. But at the same time too, I I don't see the the capability that he is has he has been with with the Cubs to fall with the Reds. And with the star power that the Reds have, I'm going to make a I'm going to say this. I think the Reds are the third best team in that division now. I don't see them being the number one. I think they're better than they're better than I think they're better than the Brewers, just oh. a little bit okay. because of the Castellanos because that it does give you a power hitter, but at the same time too you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Cubs, and then the dumpster fire that is the Pirates. Of course, that's 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 another situation, but we'll, we'll get into that later on down the road. But I think Nick Castellanos with the the Reds is for me a fifty fifty situation. We don't know what he's going to be like. And plus, spring training is coming around the corner. We'll see what kind of player he becomes. I I like the deal with the Reds. First of all, really. First of all, selfishly, he when was when he's with the Tigers, he killed us. So I'm glad he's not only out of the division, he's out of the fucking he's out of the American League. Yeah. So we see him once every once every three years. Two, uh, I do admit that his his few months with the Cubs after the trade deadline this past season was probably a bit of an outlier. He would hit a great surge. He probably won't be like that productive over a whole year. Mm-hmm. So I I admit there will be some regression, but he's going from the big Comerica Park to the small. Great American ballpark. That's what I was going to say. So, fielding-wise, because he, yeah, he looked, he was not a good fielder at Comerica Park. He even... Was not that great at, at Wrigley Field, either, Well, though. he even said that, like, he didn't like playing in, in uh, the left dimension. field in Comerica Park because it was too, it was too big. So, Cincinnati's more small, and that's going to help with his bat, too, because, you know, you go from a big park like Comerica Park to a small park like Cincinnati... You're gonna hit more home runs because the defense is in, but also too, um, you know, the, it's it's a small outfield in Pittsburgh for mm-hmm. nine games a year. It's a small outfield in uh, Milwaukee, I believe. It's a yeah. launching pad there for nine games a year. Uh, Wrigley, it really, uh, it's yeah, it's so so. Bush is so so. Bush is not, not even close because that's so big out in the outfield. Is that yeah, big, I think it's bigger, bigger. Bigger. It's almost like Comerica out okay. in the outfield. Well, still, so you got eighty-one games at Cincinnati plus eighteen-ish games with Pittsburgh and with Milwaukee. So that, and I'm sure they'll move him around. He'll probably play first a couple days. You know, when Moose, or no, Moose is at second. Isn't Moose he? is at second. Yeah. So, get back to your point about the the order. I've seen a lot of people align. That have said, yeah, the Reds are the third best team in the division, but some people think the Reds are better than the Cubs, and I think that's that's a little. Uh, I think that's St- a little polling. Milwaukee's lost some guys, so they're not the number two spot anymore. It's definitely still, in my opinion, St. Louis's division, but you could make the argument that before I crunch numbers, before I can really make a, a full estimate, but offhand, I I don't think it's unfair to say St. Louis, Chicago. Uh, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I really think it is. I mean, St. Louis is just, you know, they they always seem to rebuild. They always seem to be 
ready to go no matter what the situation is. The Cubs are still relying on 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 Rizzo and Brian as their as their as their one two punch. Oh, but that's speaking the, of Brian, yeah, let's go ahead if you want to talk about Brian. Go ahead. Well, we can finish the next. No, but you have that. You have the whole situation with the, with the Cubs there and their and their lack. And for me, it's their lackluster rotation that they have that's not that that doesn't get them to win baseball games and then you have the reds that have some pitchers including sunny gray which is their only one true bright spot out of the sure, whole bauer. they got bauer too i'll give you that bauer's number two Luis castillo castillo so, so they got three good they, they got good they, they got, got a one two three combo but after that Right. Yeah. You need a fourth. You need your fourth starter, and you know who is it going to be? It's not going to be Homer Bailey because he's not there with them anymore. Right. He used to be Homer Bailey for the longest period of time, but yeah. it's not. But St. Louis, Chicago, the Reds. I think the Brewers are. You know, like you said, I agree with you on that. And then the dumpster fire that is the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, that's that's really it is. But you have the thing about Chris Bryant you want to talk about. Yes. So, remember, uh, years ago, the Cubs held Bryant in AAA Iowa. Because so, with, with prospects, if you keep them in the minor leagues after a certain date, and then you call them up, you get the extra year of control. So, I remember that first year, <clears throat> Bryant killed the ball in... Uh, spring training, which, you know, spring training is dead stuff with me. Yeah. Killed the ball in the minor leagues, and then they called him up after the service time. So now they get him for two more years. And Bryant's complaint was, well, I was ready to go in spring training. They purposely sent me down to Iowa so that they wouldn't have to, so they'd give me for an extra year, and I'd make less money. And, of course, MLB's been... Ruling over this for what years? Years and years and years. About a year or so and some change. So it came out, I believe, yesterday or Tuesday, that baseball sided with Bryant, which or sided with the Cubs, which everyone you figured it was going to happen. Yeah. So Bryant now probably won't resign with the Cubs because he's hugely disgruntled. So there's things going on that the Cubs are going to trade Bryant. I've heard. I've heard Atlanta. And I've heard Colorado for Orlando, who also wants out yeah. Colorado. So we just to see what the Cubs do. But if the Cubs lose Bryant, that's you know that's a big deal because now you have you still have Wilson Contreras, still have Javier Baez, still have Anthony Rizzo, but now you're losing more of that core. Yeah. And the Cubs had made a lot of deals to win. Now they traded away Glaber Torres, mm-hmm. Aloy Jimenez, uh, Dylan Cease, and various other people, and they got Hayward locked up for a long time, big money. So interesting to see what the Cubs do, and the Cubs all off season cried poor because they're trying to get into the luxury tax. So I think they signed one major league player this off season that was a reliever. Yeah, everything else was minor league contracts. So interesting to see what the Cubs do with not only just with Chris Bryant, whether they trade him or not, what would do with the rest of the roster as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they they handle everything, especially now with the with the Reds making the big splash with Castellanos at the same time. Um, will they make any any moves with everybody wanting either out? But like you said, that core is going to be something. And I, I was talking to somebody before we headed down to Miami here, and we talked about that this guy thinks that Anthony Rizzo will be a Cub for his entire playing career. Do you agree with this situation? Because I said to, I said to him, he goes where... He, 
he's wanted. I, I think that's what it is. I think Rizzo probably is going to be a cup for life. Because you have to remember, that was one of the first moves that Theo and Jed Hoyer did when they got into Chicago. They traded for Rizzo. Rizzo was like the lone bright star with Starlin Castro when they were finishing last place in division every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as popular and as beloved as like Bryant and Baez and Wilson Contreras and Amar, it was Rizzo's team first. Rizzo and Castro. And Castro, of course, has been gone now for four or five years. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, he will, I think he'll be like the Cubs' Paul Canerco. Okay. Do you think he's going to be the Paul Canerco that stays yeah. with them through the yeah. long haul? I, yeah. I, for me, on the American League side of things, you know, you have the, you have the Tigers core trying to get something going. Just signing Joey Mercer, that's just an absolute pathetic. And I, Shoop? And Shoop. Or whatever his name is. Scoop. Scoop, Scoop or Shoop. Yeah. But I... <sighs> It's not gonna cut it for me to be a Tiger fan this year. That's last why I'm jumping. Place. I'm last place again. Another first, uh, another first overall draft pick, yet coming again to the Detroit Tigers. And you know, cheap tickets, get them ready. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I just think it's gonna be interesting. But the on the other side of the lake with the Indians, you have, you have a big hole with. Losing Jason Kipnis right now. He's on free. He's in a free agent right now. Yes. He is not signed. And for me, that is a core guy that they have to have at all times. Even though they they offered him the hometown discount at the same time too, which is like, I know there was like six point five million for two years. Ooh. That's that's a little bit of a slap in the face, a yes. little bit in my opinion. So if I was the if I was the Indians brass, I try to get something going to because. You know, twins are going to be the twins. The The White Sox are for real. And after that, it's you guys. It's it's after that, it's the Tigers who are just absolutely atrocious. And the Royals who are atrocious. The Royals who are atrocious. It's going to be between the Royals and the Tigers to see who's going to be the worst team in the in the American League Central. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think, um, <clears throat> well, the Tigers' caravan was in town. This week, I don't know if you went or not. Yeah, I did not did not go. Um, and of course, Rod Gardenhire wasn't down, and he he told everyone clearly he was he was jealous because the, the Mutants just have so much deep pitching prospects depth, and that he wished he could manage the Mutants because he wished he had all those pitchers. I don't know if I buy that or not. If you're the Tiger expert, you would probably be able to. Or the, the pitching expert. prospects are there for Detroit. They but do they have. Really they, that good though. They're, they're okay. I would say they're okay. They're not. They're not the 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 John Lester's or the John Lackeys or the best best starting rotation or the best relievers that we have or a Mariano that's a closer. There's nothing there. There really is. There's 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 solid guys there, but you know the amount of that the Tiger brass changes up so many managers from the mud hens it's just ridiculous at the same time too they get rid of they get rid of this uh they get rid of mike now they bring in this other guy in and i i I just don't see how this organization can function and run you know i can i can honestly say this and i will say this to you detroit sports teams are the worst managed teams in all of sports. 
no matter what the situation is. Whether it be the Illages running the Tiger organization with Al Avila, which is a dumpster fire. You have the Illages, again, <coughs> running the Red Wings, my apologies, with Steve Eiserman now at the GM helm. That's a dumpster fire. You have the Pistons that is somewhat competitive with the amount of talent that they have in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. They have made the they were the last team to make the playoffs for the Detroit City, but were swept in th- four games by the Bucks. That's now becoming a dumpster fire. Oh, and then we have a team that is owned by the Ford family that just doesn't give a damn about anybody but themselves and give a pencil peanut butter cup eating bastard an extension with his Bob Quinn brother. Detroit is headed into the wrong way. They're headed to the gutter in in sports wise. And it starts it honestly started with the Tigers. Yeah. It really did. It really started with the Tigers. After the big high that they had of getting to the World Series, I think it started for them after they fired Jim Leland. When they got rid of Leland and Osmus went into the helm, and it was the year that the Giants beat them in five straight, in five games. Oh, yeah. That's when it began. That's when you saw the beginning of the end of what the Tiger run is. And you saw the door, the garage door, starting to close. Then the next year they get swept in three games by the Orioles. And then now, ever since then, they have not made the postseason since. And every every prospect that they get, every player that they have that's great, they traded away for prospects. And yes, the prospects do pay off in the long run, but nine times out of ten, those prospects don't work out for you. And they're sitting in double A or in triple A. And they're not going to move because the guys up in Detroit are there because they're the mud hens that are up that were there the year before. The only only person that's constantly there is Miguel Cabrera. He that's, sucks. He sucks now. And he's and he's on the back nine of his career. Clearly, is on the back nine of his career. So there's bright spots in in the pitching realm for the for the for the Tiger organization, but. Pitching is one thing. Hitting, it's got to be contagious, and they've got to capitalize on it. So you know, it's it, it's just got to be interesting with that. You want the Tigers opening day this year? <sighs> they open with the Indians. We're at in Cleveland. In right? Cleveland. Oh, okay, you going? I don't know yet. I'm debating about that. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I I think a three game sweep will be. Who drew we'll, for? Indians? Probably the Indians. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Indians in that one, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I really like that you you root for all the local teams. If you go to the Indians game, you root for the Indians. If you go to the Tigers game, you root for the Tigers. If you go to the Cavs or Pistons game, you root for the home game. I, I like that about you. There's only one time that I do not root for the home oh, team. Oh, that's the Red Wings. That's the Red Wings? And... Any time that the Cincinnati Cyclones come to Toledo to battle the walleye, I root for the Cyclones because oh Columbus, because of the Columbus connection as well as my my one of my good friends from college is the play by play guy for the Cyclones, and he and I you know 
we chat and we have a good time together and and that's the only time that I root against Toledo. Oh. And the Rockets. Excuse me. Oh, you know, you're something else here. We're just sitting here on on the first base side here at Marlins Park. It's a nice ballpark. We got to get back to Radio Row. What do yeah, you say let's, about the, Let's head back. Let's get let's go back. As you're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here from Miami, Florida on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Let's get back to Radio Row, you know, and dive a little bit into the the hockey spectrum before we dive into why we're here in Miami besides the sandwiches, and that is Super Bowl 54. We're back here on Radio Row right here on Andy and Money coming to you live from Miami, Florida, where Super Bowl 54 is taking place here. And, of course, we're going to dive into a little bit more of sports topics. You just heard our MLB talk as we were at Marlins Park for the – we did a nice nice little tour of the facility. They had all those nice bobbleheads. Bobbleheads oh, right yeah. there, the big bobblehead display. That was fantastic. Didn't see the fish in the in the in the thing, but um, the roof was open. The roof was nice, nice and open. Sunny day. Nice oh, beautiful. And, it was beautiful. beautiful. So now let's dive into the ice. Um, I know Nick is not that big into it, but of course, the big thing is this. I'm going through withdrawals without the blue jackets on the ice, my friends. The jackets have been off since the 22nd of January. That is now eight days without Blue Jackets hockey. I can't take that much more of it. But thank God, February 1st is just two days away, uh, literally two days away. And we have the Jackets come back onto the ice Saturday, 1 o'clock puck drop against the Buffalo Sabres. Jackets... 27, 16, and 8. Buffalo 22, 21, and 7 overall. Buffalo still in the hunt. Um, just some news and notes to pass along to you, of course. Uh, the big news today, of course, Thomas Hurdle, the kid who had five goals in the NHL All-Star game, who I thought should have been the MVP instead of David. Drink your Dunkin' Donut Coffee Pasternak is out for the season with a tour ACL and MCL. Kids, 26 years old. He sustained the injury last night against Vancouver. ACL and MCL? MCL, yes. And MCL? MCL and ACL. So that's going to be hard for for the, the Sharks' top player for them. Um, I mean, you had Joe Thornton, of course, but Hurdle was the big name that was out of the All-Star game. Of course, uh, we're a year closer to the NHL coming into Seattle. The news of the note, the note of what their team going to be named is going to be called the Seattle Kraken. See, I thought that was really stupid at first, but I guess uh, Giant Pacific Squid are known to be around. In that area. Yeah, so I guess that 
with with context. But then you would think sense. about that would be against like for Detroit because they throw the because the octopus is their thing at the same time too. But you know who cares about Detroit yeah. at the same time? But exactly. But the thing is, I think it, it would have been easier to be called the the Seattle the Seattle uh, Tomahawks. I heard totem totem totems would be a good one That'd to go with. I would like to see them there. But the but the Seattle. Uh, Twitter account came out with a post on the 29th at 6 o'clock. It says, while we are aware that some fishy, quote-unquote, rumors surrounding our team name, please rest assured we are doing our due diligence by sourcing the depths of the ocean, the tallest of mountains, and the densest part of the forest to find the right name for our great green city. So we know that the jerseys will be green. We know that for a fact. We'll be green and white because we have to have a a road white jersey, but the name is still the, the question. For me, the totems would be a good choice. Kraken would be like a third option. I like their team that they got now, which is the, the, the Seattle uh, totems uh, that are uh, the Seattle Tomahawks. Are like, that's, that's like a seagull beak thing that looks really cool. That's a, that's a really good option for them, but the, apparently the facility is going up pretty well. Uh, they're on pace. To be ready, the expansion draft for them and the NHL draft happens in 2021. So, and their season begins in 2021-2022. Well, my, my question for you is, so, how are they going to do this? Is it going to be four divisions of eight teams or eight divisions of four teams? We don't know that. We That's the biggest question that's coming off from next season as it well. It should be eight and four, eight divisions of four. But knowing how dumb the league works, it's going to be four divisions of eight. Yeah, I think what it is is you're going to have a team that's going to have to relocate into the from, from the west to the east. It's in the Hawks to the east. I would think that would be the better option. Due to the fact that they can get more of the original six teams yeah. to battle. Oh, yeah. The Hawks play in Montreal and Detroit all the time. Detroit Boston, and Toronto. the Rangers. Yeah. I think that would be more of a logical case. So you would take anything west. Well, the the cut line would be from Nashville west. Yes. So it would be Nashville, but you would have Chicago being in the, in the east. You have that route. And then, where would you put Chicago in the in the in the in the in the Eastern Conference? Would you put them in the Atlantic, or would you put them in the Metropolitan? If you put them in the Metropolitan, think about it. You've got so many hard teams in there. You got the Rangers, the you've got the Jackets, you've got the Penguins, you've got the Capitals. You throw Chicago in there. You've got five powerhouse teams, and Carolina could be Carolina's good at some point. The Islanders are good too. The Devils, yeah. But at the same time, if you put them in the Atlantic, you've got Detroit, you've got Toronto, you've got Boston. There's three of the original I, six in I there. I think you just answered your own question. Which yeah. conference? Which that's why I think into. they should go. Yeah. And that's where I think they should go because then, but then you have them playing Tampa and Florida so many times. You also have them playing Ottawa so many times at the same time too. But I think. If it was me, Chicago to the Atlantic, the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Playing something like that. Um, of course, the interesting note to pass along as well 
Uh, Tuka Rass is going to be coming back onto the ice as well. But here is what the standings look like going into tonight's play. Of course, we had three games on the docket. Last night, it was six games on the docket. Toronto being a 5-3 win over Dallas. Nashville going into Washington and beating the Capitals 5-4. And by the way, guess who was doing the game for NBCSN? Who's that? Mike Tirico. Oh, really? Tirico doing the game with Brian Boucher. And I think Tirico did a fantastic job with it. He did a fantastic job. Got a chance to listen to some of the game. He has a nice goal call. I got to admit that for you there. Um, a lot of Western Conference teams, of course, Arizona loses to Anaheim 4-2. to The Kings were a loser to Tampa Bay 4-2. to San Jose loses to Vancouver 5-2. to The big game last night, the Battle of Alberta. You have Matt Cassian versus Matthew Kachuk round two. I don't know if you saw any of this, but before the All-Star break, Cassian went after... Kachuk went after Cassian in the game against each other against each other dropped the gloves it was a serious fight it felt like it got squashed during the all-star break because Kachuk was in the all-star game he and Connor McDavid were chatting around and talking and it looked like it was all going to be settled last night three minutes and 50 seconds left to go in the first period Cassian and Kachuk dropped the gloves and it was a doozy of a fight. It was like a two-minute fight. They went back and forth, and Kachuk went down in a heap. And the Flames, though, came out with a victory, beating the Oilers 4-3. to three. Now, here's an interesting note for you, Nick. These two teams play again on Saturday oh, okay. in Calgary for ding, 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 round three. I think, in my opinion. So, Cassian's won a fight. Kachuk has won a fight. So, it's the rubber match, I think, on Saturday. So, it'll be interesting with that. Three games on the docket tonight. Montreal is in Buffalo to battle the Sabres. Nashville is in Jersey to battle the Devils. That game on NBCSN. 9.30 sees the LA Kings in Arizona to battle the Coyotes. Full slate almost coming back on Friday. The Bruins are in Winnipeg to battle the Jets. Vegas is in Carolina to battle the Hurricanes. The Rangers will have Artemi Panarin back in the lineup on Friday night as they'll take on the Detroit Dead Wings. It will be Philadelphia battling Pittsburgh in, in uh, Pittsburgh, battle of Pennsylvania for that one there. 9 o'clock putt drop. The Oilers are at home against the Blues. Capitals are in Ottawa to battle the Senators. Lightning are in Anaheim to battle the Ducks. For both our teams, besides the Jackets playing the Sabres Saturday, it will be Chicago on the road in Arizona to battle the Coyotes. 8 o'clock puck drop for that one. Um, like I said, 10 o'clock Oilers and Flames for round three. San Jose is hosting Tampa Bay. Uh, other notes, the Hockey Night in Canada game will be Ottawa in Toronto to battle the Leafs. And the other game will be Winnipeg hosting the St. Louis Blues Coming out of the break, this is what the standings look like. Boston is in the top spot in the Atlantic, 29-10 and 12 with 70 points in first spot in the Atlantic. Tampa Bay is in second at 30-15-5 with 65 points. And the Florida Panthers are 28-16-5 with 61 points in the third spot. Metropolitan Division sees the best team overall in the NHL in the Washington Capitals at 34-12-5 with 73 points. 
The next closest team to them is the Pittsburgh Penguins at 31, 14, and 5 with 67 points. The rain, the Islanders, 29, 15, and 5 with 63 points in the third spot. The wild card race looks like this. Jackets still holding the top spot at number one, 27, 16, and 8 with 62 points. Carolina 29, 18, and 3 with 61 points. On the outside looking in are the Leafs at 27, 17, and 7, 61 points. The, the Flyers 27, 17, and 6 with 60 points. Buffalo 21, 22, 21, and 7, 51 points. Same are the Canadians at 22, 22, and 7 with 51 points. The Rangers 23, 21, and 4 with 50 points. So those teams are still in the hunt for the wild card spot. The worst teams, Ottawa 18 and 23 and 9 with 45 points. The Devils 18, 24 and 7 with 43 points. The Detroit Red Wings 12, 35 and 4, 28 points on the season. I love it. It's it tells you that love this it. year is a bad year for them. They are the worst team in the NHL this year because because the next closest worst team to them is the LA Kings with 41 points in the Western Conference and they're 18 28 and 5 with 41 points. Western Conference looks like this. St. Louis top spot in the West. They're holding strong in the West. 31 12 and 8 with 70 points. Colorado 28 15 and 6 with 62 points. Dallas 28 18 and 4 with 60 points. Pacific all three Western Canadian teams holding strong in the top spot. Vancouver holding that top spot at 29-18-4 with 62 points. Calgary 27-19-6 with 60 points. You have Edmonton at 26-18-6 with 58 points. The wild card race looks like this. Vegas holding strong at 25-20-7 with 57 points. The, the Coyotes at 26-21-5 with 57 points. Outside looking in are the Jets at 25-22-4 with 54 points. Tied with them are the Chicago Blackhawks at 24, 21, and 6, 54 points. Nashville, the Hicks with 6 are 23, 19, and 7 with 53 points. Minnesota is 23, 21, and 6 with 52 points. All three California teams dotted at the bottom with San Jose at 7th spot at 22, 26, and 4 with 48 points. Anaheim 20, 25, and 5 with 45 points. And the Kings at 18, 28, and 5 with 41 points. So that is the updated standings in the NHL for you right here on Radio Row for Super Bowl 54 right here on Andy and Money on the Anchor Network on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now it is now officially time to talk about why we are here. You all calm down for a minute. It's time to talk about Super Bowl 54. And here are predictions for the big game this Sunday. As we are here in Miami for the big game, Super Bowl 54, uh, credentials for our media pass are here for the next, for today's our last day with it. We'll head back up to Northwest Ohio. Here it's going to be. 50 in the 50s by Sunday and Monday, so maybe we're bringing the weather back with us. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be really, really nice for us to have it back. But it is, um, it is time to talk about why we are here, and of course, it is time to talk about Super Bowl 54 that is taking place at Hard Rock Stadium in the beautiful city of Miami, Florida. Here, 
big game, big time. Of course, the NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers, 13-3 overall, winners of their division. Best record, I think, best record overall for the season. Battle with the coach of Kyle Shanahan running the ship. Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback. Richard Sherman on the defensive core that's picked with them. Will battle the 12-4 Kansas City Chiefs, led by Andy Reid and their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey on the tight end roll. And their good defensive line. Now, before we get into the game and our predictions, let's go over a little bit of their stats and a little bit about what's happening with them. Uh, for the Chiefs in the game, of course, Patrick Mahomes has completed 319 out of 484 attempts. He has over 4,031 yards this season alone, 26 touchdowns, 5 on one hand, five interceptions this season. For the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, coming out of the shadows of Tom Brady, has completed 329 out of 476 pass attempts for a total of 3,978 total yards. 27 TDs, he has thrown 13 interceptions. On the running game, Kansas City's Demarius Williams, 111 carries, 498 total yards, 5 TDs this season. Uh, Mazert, 137 carries, 772 total yards, 8 TDs in the game, but the receiving core is where it is. Travis Kelsey, 97 catches for the Chiefs, 1,229 yards, 5 TDs in the game. For the Niners, it's Greg Kittle. 85 catches, 1,053 total yards, 5 TDs in the game. The overall, the Chiefs average about 28 points a game. They also allow 27 points a game. The Niners average about 29, 30 points a game, 30 points a game, but they only allow 15 points a game. Overall yardage for the season, they have allowed 290 yards, San Francisco has, but they have put up 395, 396 total yards. Kansas City has put up 391 total yards of offense, but they have allowed 402 yards of offense. 70 degrees at kickoff at 638 at Hard Rock Stadium in Florida. The line right now for the game. As we do this podcast on the 30th of January, is Kansas City a point and a half? Really? It is a point and a half right now. So, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. All right. So, we're talking. We go on. You just list your stats. How many game, How many points they score a game? How many points they log game? You can you just know with Reed and Shanahan, Garoppolo and uh, Holmes and Mahomes, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an offensive scheme. It's gonna be a shootout. So I think the Niners have a really good defense. So I think with two high-powered offenses going at each other all night, I think the Niners having the the better defense. Actually, one of the best defenses in the league this year, I believe. 
gives them a huge advantage. Now that's not to say the Chiefs aren't going to win, but I predict it's going to be 49ers 28, Chiefs 17. Ooh, that's a good game. That's a good score. I think for me, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to come out on his own a little bit more. There's still a lot of the doubters uh, with him. Um, the defense, you are exactly right. San Francisco's defense is absolutely outstanding, only allowing 15 points a game. That says a lot. It says a lot. However, you have Patrick Mahomes, who is coming off of the leg injury that he has, and San Francisco loves to run the quarterback, loves to loves to go after the quarterback and loves to take him out. The question is whether or not that Mahomes is ready for this game. I think he is. But does this turn into what you think it is as, a, as an offensive track show and having it being a high-scoring game? I see it in a little different ways. We saw it at the end of the last game for Green Bay and San Francisco of them ground and pound and beating Green Bay, the juggernaut, on the field. For me, I'm more leaning towards San Francisco than anything else. Now, if you listened to the podcast yesterday, you heard that I, I, I took Kansas City. But after consideration and my final pick is this. So I threw up a smoke screen from yesterday. Okay. I'm going to take San Francisco in the game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to say San Francisco 17, the Chiefs 14. Okay. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the defenses will come out strong. They've had a week to rest. I think Kansas City will be there. I think I think they're going to strike first. I think that's what's going to happen. And remember, this game means a lot more to Andy Reid oh, yeah, than anything else because he hasn't won the big one yet. Right. Then if he wins this one, I think you could put him down then for a ticket to Canton, Ohio. Oh, Hall of Fame coach for sure. Definitely a Hall of Fame coach in my opinion. But he's going to run into the coaching legacy of the Shanahan organization. And I think it'll be a good, I I really think it's going to be a good game. You're going to see a lot of, I think you're going to see a lot of three and outs, but at the same time too, it could be a track meet. But for right now to play it safe and what I'm thinking of, it's going to be San Francisco 17, Kansas city 14. I think that's what it's going to be. I really think it is. And I, I just I just want it to be a good game. I don't want it to be a blowout and then I'm changing the oh, channel yeah. at the at the end at the beginning of the at the midway point of the third quarter. You know, I I, I think that the the halftime show is going to be interesting with Jennifer Lopez and Shakira oh, and Pitbull. Oh, that's boy. going to be interesting. I like to see what that's going to develop. The national anthem is going to be performed by Demi Lovato. I think that after her performance at the Grammys, it's gonna it's gonna say a lot. Um, but 
there's a lot of prop bets going on with that right now, too, of how long the anthem's going to be or if it's going to be actually good. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a really good game. I really, really, really do. You happy for Andy Reid? Yeah, you'd be extremely happy for Andy Reid. Yeah. But what would you? I mean, for me, I think Robbie Gold would be good to get a get a championship. But for me, I'd like to I'd like to see the curse of Madden be broken too at the same time. Because every year, the kid who gets on the Madden cover never wins the whole thing. And we all thought that it was going to be the curse when he went down with that leg injury. And for me, it'll be interesting to see how, if that curse gets broken. I think the best part about the game, for me, the best thing is the offense. I think the defense this year, I think it's going to stand out even more than anything else. Um, Commercial-wise, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, commercials aren't as good as they used to be. They used to be very, very good. Now they're, I think they're okay. Uh, the average ticket right now on StubHub for this game is going about $4,700. So that tells you right there, this is going to be an interesting game. And with the line being so low right now, I mean, we've seen in the past Super Bowl numbers be high. Well, seven, fourteen at one point. Yeah. Last, well, two years ago, it was um, it was fourteen points at one point, and I said to myself, "Man, I gotta take that bet." This one to me is a real toss-up because both teams are evenly good in all aspects, whether it be the defense, offense, special teams, coaching. Everything's about even. So I think. Dare I say, I think the league might have got it right with the two best teams in happening in this league. Yeah, I'm just glad it's not Green Bay. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you on that. And then we would be inundated with cheeseheads that would be yelling at you and saying, Well, go back to Chicago. Blah, 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 blah. Well, we're, we're not a Chicago-based podcast. We're a Northwest Ohio-based oh podcast that, that loves to talk about sports. And that is... Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network. And you're listening to this podcast either on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we're going to end our podcast with our last segment, and that is the traditional After Hours. After Hours. So we'll start with After Hours. Um... First and foremost, we want to thank the Anchor Network for setting us up with this nice with this nice retreat. It was nice to get away from oh, the yes. gloominess and the cold that is uh, Toledo. But we we do love the city and we do love doing it. We'll be back on the air with you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, not the third. Not the third because of uh, because of yours truly. But looking at the tenth. The 10th of February would be the next podcast that we would do. Uh, 17th. The 17th. I'm off, I'm off the third. The 17th once we will get back into the swing of things. So we'll have, this is our big, big show. And then we'll be diving more into, we're going to be diving more into baseball. We're going to, we're, we're in the process of thinking about what we're going to do 
for after after the NFL season is done here. We're looking more towards doing more baseball-related stuff. We'll dive a little bit more into the hockey scheme as well, too. But baseball will be a driving force for us all the way up until till opening day. And then we'll have our usual yeah. chats about baseball and everything. We'll still continue. But it, it looks to be that we're going to have more baseball chat, and I can't wait for that with you and... Um, uh, I did see a good, cool thing that they're opening Super Mario World at Universal Orlando. Yeah. Is that what I was seeing yeah. on that? Yeah. Now, Nick has not, hasn't been to a theme park in a long time. You know me, I'm a coaster freak when it comes to going to Cedar Point every chance I get. And I have, I have a Platinum Pass and everything like that. Um, would this now entice you, if you could... Yeah. And you lived in the area. Would you go more to a theme park now than anything else? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely would. He's not a big fan of motion, no. especially r- rides with the with the wheels like that. I remember hearing the story about you on the dragon coaster, and you yeah. were freaking out about that. So that was I the last. That was a, that. Let, let's not bring up that emotion back, as this is a joyous time for us. But um. You heard earlier in our podcast about our, our reactions, the Kobe Bryant situation. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with Kobe's family and all those that were affected on the uh, on the helicopter crash. And uh, we we're praying with you guys, and we are um, are, uh, are are with you one hundred percent of the way. But. Um, uh, any uh, anything you like to talk about tonight, Nick? Yep, actually, I got two books in the in the post. I'm going to only talk about one of them now. Okay. Was, um, it's called Poilu. It is the uh, diaries of a French soldier in World War One on the Western Front. His name was Corporal Louis Gartha. He uh, was a barrel maker and a socialist, but he was drafted, conscripted to fight for the French. He's a French citizen in the First World War. And I've started just to skim the first few pages of his diaries, and I gotta tell you, it's absolutely fantastic. Really? Yes. Now you went and saw 1917, right? Was yes. that the movie? How was that? That was pretty good. Uh, it's 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 a single shot movie, and for those who can't see home, I'm doing single shot in quotation because it's manipulated that way. But you can tell where they cut and edited it. Um, yeah, that's good. It's about two hours long, I think. But it was fantastic. Uh, Would it be considered for an Oscar then? Uh, I don't think. It, I I I doubt it. I really liked it, but I don't think it's one of those movies that like everyone would go. Yeah, it's one of those things. If you're like a his, history buff or historian or in the war war movies. You'd probably like it, but I can't just see random people on the street be like, "Oh, let's go see uh, 1917." Yeah, I I saw that you went and saw it. And I wanted to ask your opinion about it because I heard so many good reviews talking about how good that movie is, and I I, I wanted to hear your your thoughts about that. I saw that you were in, uh, on YouTube lately doing your janitorial food reviews, yes. of course, again, and um, uh, you you did Coke Energy. Yes. I want I I want to hear more about that. Um, it tasted really bad. Uh, it tasted like if you mixed a can of Red Bull and a can of Coke, and we're just like, ah, I'm bored, and mix it together. Ooh. Yeah, it's really not good. Actually, I had a Japanese, because it, it launched internationally last year first. 
Um, and the international version and the U.S. version are slightly different. Okay. The U.S. version has more synthetic caffeine, whereas the international version has more natural caffeine. So, like, well, like you find like a tea or like guava or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for that one either, but I. Re- but since I've cu- I've cut down on soda too, much like yeah. you, I, I give myself two cans of Coke every Sunday. Yeah. That's it. Um, so that's because of that. But man, oh man. It was really. You can probably tell by the video. Yeah. It was really bad. I also was a little. I was tipsy because we were drinking at the bowling alley. Before oh. I recorded that, I had two beers and three shots. So Whoa. Two tall beers, three shots. I was a little tipsy. Yeah. That's why I was talking kind of slow doing it. I was like, well, you know, janitorial mm-hmm. review. But yeah, it wasn't good. I I, I kind of wanted. There's a zero. There's a Coke Zero version of that too. Uh, I'm gonna give that one a try. I'm working a double shift on Sunday, so 7 a.m. to 11:30 p.m. So I'm gonna try. You're not gonna be able to watch it in the Super Bowl then. No. no. Hit that on the DVR then to watch, watch or, or follow it on your, uh, follow it on your. Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch it or maybe sneak off just somewhere. Just sneak off and or watch, watch it in between it. as you're cleaning as you're cleaning up. Yeah, doing like maybe on, maybe uh, I'm running the floor scrubber. Just watch it. You know, yeah. You know. We put the radio on so you listen listen a little bit of the game yeah um for me uh looking forward to next next week is birthday week for my, yours truly i am turning 30 uh i can finally say i've hit the 30 pole mark unfortunately um it is it's one of those moments where you're like oh you're hitting 30 now hit the hit the hit the quarter pole mark of your life and then and um, the the capability and the people that have been with me through the hard the hardship that was earlier on in my twenties to where I'm at now, um, is it, truly amazing. And you know, to finally find the people that care about me and actually do want to do things and be there for me is tremendous. Um, I love doing what I'm doing now with. With this podcast, with these podcasts, and getting the opportunities to go places and to do things and to meet people, it's just it's absolutely tremendous. And um, I, I I'm truly blessed to have this becoming a you know becoming one of my favorite things to do every week. And um, I look forward to doing more things. And more shows with you guys. Um, it's gonna be a simple week. It's gonna be relaxing. Took the week off from work. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, what's the game plan for Monday? Are you going out anywhere? Beat up or anything? Or uh, I don't see. For me, because of what the Super Bowl has become, falling it on a Sunday and then and then the next day being my birthday, it's. Very very hard because a little underwhelming. It's a little over underwhelming because it's like, all right, we have this big event, and then we have a day, and then then it's your birthday. I look forward to next year because Super Bowl Sunday is February seventh. That's late. Twenty twenty one, and that means I get to have my birthday on my birthday, not related to the Super Bowl or anything like that. Because what? You get on Sunday, you go, you watch Super Bowl Sunday. The next day, you got a hangover. It's the Super Bowl hangover, and you're 
trying to, you know, regroup and everything like that. Oh, let's celebrate my birthday at the same time, too. So, no, no, no. Uh, we're looking towards, like, doing, doing, maybe doing something, probably doing something on the day, but I don't know yet. I really don't know. It's one of those things where we're just going to play it by ear, and we're going to see what happens. Well, yeah, if you, if you do something on your extra, I'm off that Monday, the first. Okay, great. Let me know, and then if you want to make it something a little bigger, I can pass it along to uh, the gang. Yeah, uh, it's but it's a Monday, yeah, so I, yeah. so it's 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 one of those touchy, yeah. touchy things. When if it if it was a Thursday or a Friday, it'd be perfect. But it's a Monday after coming off of a Super Bowl weekend, yeah. so it's gonna be it's gonna be a little difficult. But of course, the one thing is I'm looking forward to now besides the birthday and Super Bowl is that the hockey the the jackets are coming back on the ice on Saturday. Like I said, it's been ten days. It's like. Like Homer when he went through 30 days without alcohol. Amanda, the jackets are on TV. Put a, put the kids to bed. I am going to get loaded. That's how I feel. And um, like I said, we are uh, grateful for having you guys here on Radio Row right here in Miami, Florida. Uh, again, another thanks to the Anchor Network for having us down here to do the podcast. And um, we'll be back on the 17th of February. For another edition of Andy and Money right here. Uh, anything else? You wanna, anything else? Do you have anything? You wanna... uh, yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And um, Until we speak to you again. Again. For me. San Francisco. 17. Kansas City. 14. Uh, San Francisco. 28. The Chiefs. 17. Oh. When we re- when we uh, reconvene here on the seventeenth, back at the at, back at home base, we'll have it'll be spring training. Yeah, spring training will be underway, and we will be what two weeks into spring training, and pitchers and catchers will be in, and then one week from later from that, we'll have games. Okay. It'll be then that's when the fun begins. Baseball's coming. Baseball's coming around the corner as we're seeing the curtain drop on the NFL season. My thanks again to the Anchor Network for having us down here again. And as always, for for Nick, the Money Man Devera, I am Andy Alfred. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at AllAndyAlfred. I'm at Nick Vipray, N-I-C-K-O-F-Y-P-R-E-S. And we'll talk to you guys again on the 17th of February. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the guac. Ooh, yeah. And enjoy Super Bowl 54. We'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Have a good night.